The Pittsburgh Pirates may have lost on Tuesday night, but Mitch Keller achieved franchise history. We're going to talk about that and more on today's episode of Locked On Pirates by yours truly, Ethan Smith. You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome back, everybody, to the Locked On Pirates podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Ethan Smith, your host of the Locked On Pirates podcast, bringing you everything you need to know about the Pirates every single day here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where we're your team every day. Thank you so much for tuning in, as you always do. And I'm sure, much like myself, a lot of you were watching Mitch Keller last night against the Philadelphia Phillies in what was a competitive game that had a playoff atmosphere that ultimately resulted in a Pirates loss to the Philadelphia Phillies. Of course, the Phillies clinching uh, their second consecutive postseason berth with the victory. But Pirates did lose, but Mitch Keller has been collecting milestones like Pokemon. Keller had six strikeouts on the evening across six innings last night, breaking the franchise record for most strikeouts in a season by a Pittsburgh Pirates right-handed pitcher. I talked about Mitch Keller last week about how he had the chance to get over 200 strikeouts, and if he does have a chance to get over 200 innings, it's a very big possibility that he can do so, but we'll just see what happens. A.J. Burnett, by the way, previously held the record with 209 strikeouts. Keller reaches 210 last night. And, of course, A.J. Burnett did so in 2013. A.J. Burnett has been a guy that Mitch Keller has looked up to. A.J. Burnett has been somewhat of a teacher to uh, Mitch Keller this season, and it has paid off in a lot of ways. I mean, Mitch uh, Mitch Keller, of course, got his first all-star nod among many other feats. And right now, he has a 9.7 Ks per nine. So he's averaging about a strikeout an inning. Of course, that's his highest mark in a full season. He did have a 12.2 Ks per nine in his rookie season, but he only had 11 uh, appearances that year and I believe like five starts. So I kind of took that one out. And then, of course, in 2020, not a full season either. And that 9.7 Ks per nine, by the way, ranks fourth all time in Pirates history behind Oliver Perez, Francisco Liriano, and the previously mentioned A.J. Burnett. Keller also sits at 194 and one-thirds innings pitched, and there is the potential that we do get to see Mitch Keller pitch on Sunday in the final game of the season against the Miami Marlins. It is unknown, though, if he is going to start. Uh, He did kind of have that weird thing that happened last night where he hit – basically his elbow off of his funny bone and had a sensation go down his arm. It was kind of scary for a second, but he ended up being fine. And if he can get another start, which would be on Sunday against the Marlins, I truly believe that he could go five and two thirds innings to get directly at the 200 innings pitch mark. But again, 
it's not really of importance to Keller. He wanted really wanted the strikeouts. That was the thing that he's been very vocal about is that he wanted to get over 200 strikeouts and eventually break the franchise record for strikeouts by a right-handed pitcher, which he has done that. And to Kevin Gorman and Trib, uh, Trib Live, it's not like the end of the world if I don't make the start. It would be really cool to get to 200, but I'm not sweating it out or anything like that. I'm really glad to make 32 starts and be healthy and really take what I've learned this season, the volume and the amount to take in, to take it into next year and just keep building off that. So, yeah, I mean, again, Mitch Keller is being vocal about saying he wouldn't mind doing it but it's not something that's exactly on his radar that he has to have done for himself, which you can appreciate to an extent. He knows that he's had a very good year. He's been lucky to be healthy all year. This is the most innings that he's ever pitched before, which we'll get into some of that here in a minute. And ultimately it's been a welcome surprise for a pirates team that one is not going to be able to go out and sign all these top key starting pitching free agents like Shohei Otani, Blake Snell, and guys like that. So when you're able to build something in-house like they've built with Mitch Keller and Johan Oviedo, who we'll talk about in the final segment of today's show, it helps alleviate that process a little bit more. And again, this has been a monumental season for Mitch Keller, who, of course, has had many struggles in his first three years at the big league level. We've documented that on this show ever since I began in 2021, but we've seen it ever since he's debuted, and he's surpassed those struggles now. I mean, you look at the pitches that he's changed and how he throws them now. Um, he's posting career highs this season and starts inning strikeouts, opposing batting average, whip, and war. So he's just been one of, if not the most consistent Pittsburgh Pirates player this year. And they've needed it very badly because of the injuries that we've seen to the starting pitching staff this year. This is just something they desperately needed and something that they're going to continue to need moving forward. And again, we spoke about Mitch Keller on Last week's show, we had a uh, show last week where we talked about Mitch Keller reaching these milestones. Of course, he got over the 200 strikeout number when he was sitting at 198 before his last start, and he deserves it. I mean, the more episodes that I do about Mitch Keller that are positive should just tell you guys about what Mitch Keller has done this year and what he means to this team. And I also spoke last week about the possibility of an extension this offseason for Keller. It's something I think they definitely need to think about. And you have to lock up your ace. I know Paul Skeens is waiting in the wings, and Paul Skeens has maybe more upside than Mitch Keller. But at this current moment, Mitch Keller is your known commodity in this pitching rotation that you know you can trust and lean on going into 2024 and beyond. So I would think that an extension is a major possibility this offseason. It's something that you really want to get done. It's something that the Pirates should look to get done before they even think about going to go do anything else. And I think it should be a top priority. Now, I've also heard things about O'Neill Cruz potentially getting extended. Um, that would be fun. Um, when I say heard things, I haven't like had people like, tell me that he is getting extended, but there is the possibility that we do see an O'Neill Cruz extension at some point as well. And that's something that I think the Pirates should also explore. And I also, again, when I spoke about this last week, your competitive window is about to be coming up. You could just tell by how the players are 
taking these games right now, treating them like a playoff atmosphere. You look at how the front office has been vocal about wanting to be better next season. And even if it's not next year making the playoffs, 2025 is going to probably be the year where you can pencil the Pirates into the postseason. I would say next year is a little bit more of a toss-up, just depending on how the NL Central factors into the equation and how the National League overall is. Do the Padres get better or worse? Do the Mets get better or worse? There's a lot of different factors that play into this. But at some point, I do think the Pirates are going to be a good enough baseball team to where those outside factors won't matter. And Mitch Keller is a major, major part of that, folks. A major part, if not one of the biggest parts of that. And again, it's unknown what's to wait for Keller before uh, 2024 contractually. As I spoke about it last week also, if you want to go listen to that show, um, he is on arbitration through this year and through 2025. So they have him under team control until 2025. But if he continues to pitch like this on a consistent basis and the longer you wait, the more expensive Mitch Keller is going to get. So I would really, really think that they should try and get an extension done this offseason at a reasonable price. I think it's something that can be done. He just, again, broke the franchise record for strikeouts by a right-handed pitcher in a singular season. Keep the guy on the roster, give him whatever money he wants, and let's make it work. Before we get into what to do with Henry Davis next season, he's played a lot better since coming back from the IL with that hand strain, but can he play right field? We'll talk about that here in a moment, but I want to talk to you guys about LinkedIn sales. Are you struggling to close deals? Cold outreach is wasting the time of both the buyer and seller at every stage, especially when sellers are using shallow and outdated data. Your organization can overcome these challenges with technology that translates comprehensive, high-quality buyer data into real-time insights. These deeper insights empower sales reps and teams to adopt the habits of top performers, which leads to better outcomes like more pipeline, higher win rates, and larger deals. We call this Deep Sales, and we've built the first Deep Sales platform with the next generation of LinkedIn Sales Navigator. Right now, you can try the LinkedIn Sales Navigator and get a 60-day free trial at linkedin.com slash locked on. That is linkedin.com slash locked on for a 60-day free trial. Let LinkedIn Sales Navigator help you sell like a superstar today. Just go to linkedin.com slash locked on. That's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N in all caps and get started today. And welcome back to the Locked On Pirates podcast, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in, as you always do here on the Locked On Pirates podcast. My name is Ethan Smith, and I also want to personally thank you for making us your first listen of the day, even if these do come out in the afternoon a lot. But thank you guys for tuning in. You guys are the best fans that a podcast host could ever ask for, and I am so appreciative to have you. Now, a question that I wanted to ask and talk about on this show was what do the Pirates do with Henry Davis going into next season? And we all wanted Henry up here pretty quickly. We wanted Andy Rodriguez up here. They waited a little too long, in my opinion, which led to that nine-game losing streak. Not saying that Andy and Henry would have turned things around drastically, but if the Pirates win three of those games, you're looking at them still potentially being in the playoff race right now. We're, we'll not. That's a topic for another day. 
But Henry Davis's call-up did make headway in the Pirates organization. He was one of the fastest number one overall picks to debut in the history of baseball and was drafted number one overall in 2021, the first draft pick that I got to cover here on the Locked On Pirates podcast. Obviously came out of uh, Louisville. Shout out Jim Rosati. And what's been interesting is Davis has primarily been a right fielder in his debut season. We've seen him play two innings of catcher since coming up to the roster in uh, the middle of the year. And a big part of that is because Andy Rodriguez has been playing the everyday catcher role alongside Jason DeLay, who fills in on his off days. And you look at what Davis has done recently from coming off the IL with a hamstring. He's on a five-game hitting streak right now, and he's on a three-game extra base hitting streak, which is interesting, including a home run last night. But what gets even more interesting, though, with Davis is his defense in right field that we've seen. And the biggest question surrounding Henry Davis right now, I don't think it really has anything to do offensively. I don't think it has really much to do with anything in terms of his hit tool. I know he hasn't had the greatest offensive output season this year, but again, I think his upside with his bat is there and you want to make sure that that bat is in the lineup so he can continue to get better. But you have to find somewhere for him to play. And he does have a huge arm, by the way, out in right field. We know this. This is something that we all know as Pirates fans. We've seen him gun guys at home plate, gun guys at third. He has the arm to play the outfield position. I believe he's like the 97th percentile in arm strength. But then you go deeper into run value and uh, outs above average at that position, and he has a negative five fielding run value and a negative six outs above average. It doesn't take a mathematician or a rocket scientist to find out that those are just not very good numbers for Henry Davis at all defensively at that position. He also has a 937 fielding percentage in right field, the lowest mark of any qualified outfielder for the Pirates this season. That includes guys like Jack Sawinski. That includes guys like G1 Bay, Joshua Palacios, Connor Joe, Brian Reynolds. Davis is behind all of them in fielding percentage. But then question after question after question after question arise from this stuff that's going on with Davis defensively is if, okay, if you want to have him in right field, that's fine. That's what he needs to work on in the offseason. But then what if he still doesn't figure it out defensively in right field? What do you do with him? Because you have to have his bat in the lineup. That is something that I think is going to be imperative to this team's success next season. I think he's only going to get better offensively heading into next year. Maybe in the 250s, 260s, which would be perfect for this team. But where do you put him to have his bat in the lineup? Now, obviously, the DH spot makes a ton of sense for Henry Davis. It, 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 it does. I mean, it makes a lot of sense for him because he doesn't have to play the field at all. And when he does, he's not playing it as much. So you are, even if he's not doing that great, you are taking some of that away. And you're keeping his bat in the lineup, which again has massive upside 
And we know he has power behind it too, so you need that. But then you think about who was DHing all year for the Pittsburgh Pirates, and it was mainly Andrew McCutcheon, folks. He hardly ever played in the outfield this year, if at all. And if he returns, which all signs point to Andrew McCutcheon returning for the Pittsburgh Pirates next season, most likely on another one-year deal, are you splitting Henry Davis's time with a 37-year-old Andrew McCutcheon at the DH spot? I don't know if you do that. And Kutch is, again, obviously much older than he was in his prime. And I don't think that he could occupy right field on an everyday basis, but I do think it's something that I would like to see him at least do on a very part-time basis, like maybe once or twice a week, just play the right field spot. He knows how to do it. He's played all three outfield positions across his MLB career and has done so very well. And that would open up more for Henry Davis to DH basically full-time. Now, moving day now if you're going to move Davis, I think DH is likely the like the most likely move. But then I also thought about it again, and first base wouldn't be a bad idea either. I mean, the Pirates do have a hole at that position. We've talked about it with uh Gary and I've talked about it on this show as well about the idea that the Pirates need to go find a first baseman. I think Brandon Belt would be a phenomenal addition to this team, but that's going to be starting on next week's show on Friday. We're also going to be announcing a lot of the off-season stuff that we're going to be talking about because you guys might also be a part of it. And they do have a hold that position. Right now it's Connor Joe and Jared Triolo. I just don't think the Pirates need to go into 2024 with Connor Joe and Jared Triolo as their full-time starting first baseman. I just don't. So maybe you do that with Henry Davis, who's a guy that you know is going to be here for quite a while, even though Jared Triolo also has the potential to be here for quite a while also with his movement around the diamond defensively and the fact that he's actually hitting the baseball pretty well. And even Triolo, who won multiple gold gloves at the minor league level, has admitted that first base was a tough position for him to learn as well. Ball tracking is a huge thing when you're playing first base because you have to think you're tracking the ball the opposite direction that it's going. For Henry Davis coming from catcher and right field, the ball's always coming right at you. So then you have to learn how to go away from the ball, which is something that he's done his entire baseball life. And if that's something they want to do, and I preface this with whatever they want to do with Henry Davis, it's the one thing he needs to be focused on in the offseason and in spring training. If you want to keep him in right field, that's fine. But that's what he needs to be working on at Pirate City in the offseason or wherever. And that's what he needs to be working on when they get back to Bradenton for spring training this year. That is what he needs to just be squarely working on. If he wants to go to first base, same deal. Catching, same deal. If you want him and Indy to kind of split duties at the catching position while the other DHs, okay, that's fine. Let's get Henry Davis's catching a little bit better. It just all depends on what the team wants him to do. But again, the biggest thing is keeping his bat in the lineup any way possible. And you obviously know he's he's going to continue to progress as a baseball player. He's only like 22, maybe 23. And he's only going to get better, folks. That's why he was drafted number one overall. 
And for the Pittsburgh Pirates, they need him to be good. And wherever he plays defensively, just be average. Just be an average defender with whatever you're given. And that'll work. But also, you really have to think about this too. If he stays in the outfield, does Henry Davis make this team out of spring training next year? You look at Palacios, who has a good case to be on this team. You look at Connor Joe, who can play the position. Andrew McCutcheon, Brian Reynolds, Jack Sawinski, G1 Bay. The Pirates may have no choice but to move Davis away from right field. And it's just how it works. You got to get that bat in the lineup somehow and moving him away from right field and possibly to catcher again or first base or just a DH role may be the only way for him to make the team out of spring training. I want to hear your thoughts about this in the comments, by the way, as well. And before we get into Johan Oviedo making his last start against the Philadelphia Phillies tonight, I'm going to talk to you about Jace Medical and the Jace case, folks, because, you know, the Jace case is phenomenal. Can't go wrong with it at all. The Jace case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace case is to fill out a simple online form and, in some cases, jump on a quick call with one of our onboard certified physicians. Get ongoing care from our physicians on any treatment-related questions. It is doctor-created and doctor-recommended. You don't want to get caught unprepared because everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during the unexpected. Jace handles everything from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. By the way, you get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics, which again, all you have to do is go online, fill out a form, and then you get a prescription, life-saving medication right at your door. Jace case gives you peace of mind so that you are not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure that you have the medication on hand. Again, get $20 off these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using the code locked on at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E Medical, M-E-D-I-C-A-L.com to empower yourself today. And welcome to the final segment of today's episode of Locked On Pirates, everybody. Thank you for tuning in, as you always do here on the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team, your Pittsburgh Pirates every day. Johan Oviedo is set to make his final start of the 2023 campaign tonight. And, you know, it's going to be a playoff atmosphere. This was the story for Tuesday night. You know, the Pirates, of course, dealing with a playoff atmosphere for the first time. Uh in Philadelphia, they've seen playoff atmospheres all through September. They've been in Atlanta. They've been in Chicago. And these have been teams that are fighting for the postseason. And that's exactly what the Philadelphia Phillies were doing um, on Tuesday night. They were trying to clinch their postseason berth and did it in the 10th inning. And the sentiment following from the Pittsburgh Pirates in general was, we're going to be this team. This is the team that they eventually want to be. They want to be drinking the champagne. They want to be going into the playoffs. They want to be a competitive baseball team heading into next year. And the plan really next season should be to make the postseason. That should ultimately be your goal every single year, but even more so for the Pirates next season. 
But for now, we still have five games left in 2023 to end the season on a high note, which the Pirates have done. They still have a chance to have a winning month in the month of September. Obviously, we know their only other winning month, of course, was in April when they went 20-8. and eight. And Johan Oviedo is tasked with the start tonight, and it will be his final start of the 2023 MLB season and his really first time being a full-time starting pitcher in his career. And that's one of the things that makes what he's doing even more impressive. Obviously got thrown into the mold a lot because of the injuries to JT Brubaker, that one being a little bit more prominent, and Vince Velasquez, of course, alongside Mike Burrows, who I also expected to be a major part of this team. But Oviedo had to step in. And he had to be basically Mitch Keller's Robin to his Batman. That was basically what the role for Johan Oviedo has been all season. And realistically, you look at what Oviedo has done this year, and he's just gotten better as time has progressed. And he enters Wednesday with a very Yenzer-like 4-1-2 ERA, over 172 innings pitched. Um Realistic, great for him too. I mean, he's just had a phenomenal season. And much like Keller, Oviedo has career highs in many categories, including starts, shutouts, innings pitch, strikeouts, and quality starts. So just overall a phenomenal season for Johan Oviedo. And he's been a very welcome addition to the Pirates rotation as well. I mean, again, you have the injuries and the underperformances from Luis Ortiz and Ruanzi Contreras. You have Rich Hill getting traded. And it's something that's riddled the pitching staff all season. But Johan Oviedo has arguably been the most consistent pitcher on this roster outside of Mitch Keller. I mean, you can look at the bullpen and say David Bednar, or Colin Holderman, or any of those guys. But Oviedo becoming a valuable starting pitcher is going to mean a lot for this team moving forward and especially going into next season. Because if he was not that good, folks, things are going to get very dicey in the world of the starting pitching department because they maybe have to sign three different guys in free agency or get a guy via trade, which I think are both options for this team. But now Oviedo's helped do that, and you know that you have Johan Oviedo as a starting pitcher going into next year alongside Mitch Keller. And I honestly think he's very much built himself into the idea that once this pitching staff gets better, Johan Oviedo is going to pr probably be a back-end starter and then you look at him moving forward, and if you say that Johan Oviedo, if he can even be a percentage of what he's been this season as a number four or a number five in your rotation, that is a success, folks. That is something you can look at and say, you hit the, you hit the ball right where you needed to with the pitching staff. Now, as we know, the Pirates are going to add pitching. They've done it in every offseason since I've been on this show. Just depends on what pitching we get. Now, of course, for the Pirates and Oviedo tonight with his final start, he will be facing off with Ranger Suarez of the Philadelphia Phillies, who has a 3.91 ERA in September and is coming off of a four-earned run outing over six and two-thirds innings pitched. The last time these teams played, the Pirates did not face Ranger Suarez, so it will be the first time that a lot of these young Pirates players do see Ranger Suarez in game action. So there's only five players, though, for the Pirates that have experience against him, including Connor Joe, who has three career plate appearances against Ranger Suarez and is batting 333. Something maybe to watch if you want to go on Sleeper, Fandle, or whatever to bet on this game tonight. And first pitch is at 640 Eastern time. 
And it's going to be fun, folks. Can the Pirates create a rubber match against the Philadelphia Phillies, who, again, have already clinched the playoff spot? Two teams on two different ends of the spectrum, one out of the playoffs, one in. But I can guarantee you it'll be like a playoff atmosphere in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania tonight. Guys, my name is Ethan Smith. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Locked On Pirates podcast, as you always do here on the Locked On Podcast Network. My name is Ethan Smith. You can follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan or at Locked On Pirates. You can find this show on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Odyssey, wherever you get your podcasts. Make sure you always, of course, Follow, like, subscribe, and comment on YouTube. You guys are amazing. Have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday afternoon and evening. Enjoy the game tonight, and I will see you tomorrow.